Hello, welcome to episode 11 we're on now of the Real World Fitness Podcast. We've done three weeks on the bounce, we're on a roll again. Um, so first off, I just want to say thank you for checking out the previous episodes, if you've listened to them. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed them and as always, if you are finding them useful, please share them with your friends. Please go on wherever you get your podcasts from, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever else. Leave us a five-star rating and leave us a bit of a comment, a bit of a review as well if you're finding it useful. Um, so today, I kind of want to talk, I say what I follow on a little bit from last week. I guess it's kind of a few things, you know, like all of these are at the minute. There are things that I've been thinking about and uh, have been going through my head you know, in between, on a week-by-week basis, in between when we sit down to record these. So I guess recently, like, I kind of, since I was going to get back on Twitter a little bit recently and then decided against it because I went on there and it's the angriest place in the world. It's just full of people arguing with each other. Um, And particularly because it's a lot easier from behind a phone screen, a laptop screen, wherever, that people can just feel like they say what they want and they can get it out there. But... I go on there and like I guess if you if you split the people that I follow they'd fall into kind of one of three camps really it's either to do with football particularly to do with City so there's people arguing all about that there's then I say politics just because everybody's talking about that at the minute with everything that's going on so everybody's arguing over what we should be doing with uh, coronavirus what the government should be doing whether they're right or wrong and you know that people get very passionate and over the top about that and then the other one for, for me I follow a lot of people to do with nutrition so I get a lot of people retweeting stuff follow people from diverse backgrounds and then you see people arguing about that and claiming that I guess their way is the best of their method of dieting or that the diet they follow is the best one and that everybody should be following that kind of diet and that's kind of what I want to talk about today because I feel it follows follows on nicely from last week in terms of where things are at with the fitness industry and I also feel this is another I say another place it fails because I feel like we end up with all these kind of like dichotomies or false dichotomies within the fitness industry where it's we leave everybody with this kind of either or choice where they're kind of like all in on the diet or forget it you know you're not doing it and you know I get a lot of people post stuff to be motivational, to try and encourage people to eat better, to train more frequently, to improve their health, to improve their body shape and things. Um, but I feel like it, at times, probably doesn't help the people that it's claiming to help. So I kind of listed a few things down that these are just things that I can pull off the top of my head at the minute. And if you went through Twitter, social media, wherever, probably if you looked at mainstream media, uh, as well, particularly with kind of the shows and things, certainly like Netflix is a good example of this. But even like, um, so kind of recently, there was that Michael Mosley documentary on uh, the on Channel 4, sorry, about um, kind of like very low calorie diets. And it was supposedly aimed at people with type 2 diabetes and reversing type 2 diabetes and people who were pre-diabetic and things. But then the advert said, have you have you put on a few pounds during uh, lockdown? It's how to lose a stone in 21 days. And, you know, this for me is then, it's a prime example of it, of, I guess, him going, my way is either intermittent fasting or 800 calories a day, very low calorie diet. This is the way that everybody should be doing it. 
and it's great don't get me wrong that works and that um you know that method that he was using where they were replacing people's like meals with low calorie shakes and they're 800 calories a day it does work there is studies that show it works but they show it works in clinical environments in environments where the patients if you like are diabetic they have a lot of medical support and it's done over the long term it's done over a year and i think they had two years follow-up on it um in the actual direct study um and it you know it showed that over time people if people lost i think it was 10 kilos in weight they had and kept you know they, they got their diabetes into remission and over i think it was up to, up to two years later if they kept at least five kilos off it off which a lot i think it was a significant amount most of them did then the, you know their diabetes stayed in remission so it shows that it works but he's kind of latched onto it and gone, right this is my way of doing it and it kind of helps that he's got a couple of books out there so if he keeps pushing that route it probably sells more books for him but i kind of feel that's where the fitness industry is at so we kind of get it where you know people uh, i guess that like influences nowadays post stuff where it's either very motivational it's kind of no excuses no days off and this kind of promotes you either on your diet or you're off it and people go like well i can't be all out this week i've got a busy week at work the kids have got stuff on therefore i'm not i'm going to miss a couple of gym sessions so you know i've got excuses that i'll start again next week we've got like people on twitter on instagram wherever like vegans getting feeling very strongly and i get a lot of vegans have strong ethical views uh and that's why they why they follow that kind of diet and that's fine but then it's a case of they're arguing and saying you know it kind of they're arguing with everybody who eats meat and things like that and saying that everybody should be uh following a vegan diet and then this throws up i kind of like the game changes and the experiments and i've used that term loosely that they did in that where like one group were given these bean burgers to eat and the other guys were given fried chicken it's like it's one extreme the other it's like this vegan versus meat eaters or like carnivores and we've got kind of people following stupid like a carnivore diet right now um you see people on twitter and things like that push pushing that diet now you've got people who are like keto or very low carb you know almost saying if you're not following a low carb diet it's not healthy to eat in carbs so therefore other people makes other people or it kind of makes you feel like there's either a low carb camp or a high carb camp you're either one or the other you know calorie counting you've got one group of people saying it's all and i guess i risk falling into this at times you know count your calories you know um uh, uh, calorie deficit all that kind of thing versus intuitive eating where listen to your body your body will tell you what to eat if you do that you'll you'll you know you'll uh your body will tell you what nutrients it needs and therefore you'll eat nutrient-dense foods and your body will take care of itself type of thing. Um, we've kind of got clean eating and people saying you should be kind of almost like eating clean all the time, organic foods, all that kind of um, all that kind of thing versus I guess people have taken calorie counts to the other extreme and gone, doesn't matter what you eat as long as you hit X number of calories, these macros, so this amount of protein, this amount of fat, this amount of carbs, as long as you're doing that, doesn't matter what you eat, whether you eat junk or whether you eat uh, kind of clean foods, nutrient-dense foods, if you like. And it kind of throws up all these camps of people have either feel like they've got to fit into one of these diet groups. And there's probably more as well. These are just ones that I can pull off the top of my head. But people feel like they've got to subscribe to, to one, of the, one of these methods. And, you know, if it doesn't work for them, then it's like, right, take that one off the list. Let's move on to the next one. And I feel like it's a bit like in the fitness industry at the minute, it's like Game of Thrones. It's all these different tribes kind of 
fighting for their nutritional territory and you know trying to claim followers and get more people to subscribe to their method of dieting and their you know it's like it's like cults it's like people are trying to get people into their way of thinking their way of eating and then bring your friends you know tell them this is the best thing ever it's you know it kind of i guess for me it will work for a lot of people but it'll leave a probably more people stuck in the middle going that doesn't work for me that doesn't work for me and they kind of feel like they're lost they feel like they don't know where to go and let's say i use the example then of like i can put almost work through so like you get people who are vegan and you also get people now on the other end of the stream who are carnivore for me you know both of those uh are kind of you know the two extreme and extremes very rarely work for a lot of people most of us need something kind of in the middle so that vegan versus meeting one is kind of a good example of it is for me you know nobody's saying or you shouldn't be saying like right you have to be carnivore or vegan how about let's eat a vegan diet because there are a lot of things that are very very good about it you know generally speaking it promotes or in theory it promotes a lot of green and colorful vegetables some beans and pulses you know a lot of fiber you know, you get a lot of nutrients, a lot of the things that your body needs to be healthy from, you know, from plants. But then adding some meat to it or some fish or some dairy products to it can also improve health as well. You know, they, you know, contain nutrients. And if you purely went vegan, then you have to think about supplementing with certain things because you are going to miss out on certain nutrients. So for me, that wouldn't be a way to go for the, for that. And I think people have to be very careful if they're going to go down that route and they have to think smart and take advice because people do have ethical views about um about their you know meat and not eating meat and going vegan that's fine that isn't for me or anyone else to question and i kind of feel like i need to say this because i probably get a lot of hate people thinking i'm like anti-vegan and that and i'm not i just i don't like people pushing their approach on others. so I'd, conversely as much as i love a good steak i also think the carnivore like dieters on the other end of the extreme you know they need to like pipe down because their diet is probably one of the dumbest out there not eating vegetables you know for me you know it's a very very dodgy ground to go down and people you know in the short term you can you listen to the people they feel benefits from it they lose weight they feel like they improve mental clarity they feel like they sort out gut issues things like that but there's no long uh, that I'm aware of. There's no long-term data for the um, to show the healthiness of it, if that's the right word, to show how healthy it is, and you know, are, are there risks for for colon cancer and things like that? Because you're not getting the the amount of fibre that you need to probably offset, and you're not getting a lot of other nutrients that you probably need to offset eating that amount of uh, or potentially that amount of uh, of meat. You know, other ones kind of work the same with like if we take the intuitive eating versus calorie counting some people will go calorie counting's obsessive you know it shouldn't be something people should be doing because we're going to promote eating disorders and things like that which for some people that is a hundred percent right it will some people you know it might become obsessive so some people it you know they can start looking at it and going oh these 500 calories in that burger that means i've got to go and do x amount of uh hours at the gym to burn off 500 calories now that logically isn't right now 
for me, I, I can see that and that like that's fine. But for some people, they might be able to see that logically, but emotionally, they can't get their emotional brain around that. And therefore, it, you know, it leads them down a slippery road and a bad relationship leads to a bad relationship with their food. But the other side of it, you, if you look at a lot of the people that promote flexible dieting, they've probably counted calories at some point. They're, they've probably, I say practiced and failed, they've probably, you know, gone down a kind of a clean eating route. They've gone down a, a route of eating kind of mostly nutritious foods, but then probably slipped off it and either had a, a binge or a cheat meal or whatever you want to call it. But then over time, they've learned how to manage it. They've learned how to get control over their portion sizes and roughly eyeball how much uh, they should have. And they probably also have good habits around training and training regularly. Um, so it's easy for them in they're in good shape. They understand, they probably understand calories. In fact, I know a lot of them do. Uh, they understand calories and they understand how to eyeball their portion sizes a bit more. To say to you, don't bother counting calories, just listen to your body and things like that. Now, the problem with that for me is if we take it and apply it to people who are not in the fitness industry, people who have a job, they have a family, they have kids to look after, you know, demands at work and things, and then say to them, listen to your body, listen to it. Your body will tell you what you want to, what it wants to eat, what nutrients it needs. Most of us are going to go, and I'd, I'd do this. If I listen to what my body would eat, I'd be bashing chocolate. You know, I'd be bashing ice cream in the evenings. I'd be getting pizzas and things at the weekend. It's like... You know, you have to have some form of habit and routine around it for me. You know, other people might think differently, but for me, it kind of creates two extremes of, or the picture is painted, there's two extremes. You're either counting calories all the time or you're intuitive eating all the time. When it, in truth, we probably all need to have a little bit of everything within these, or we need to maybe understand how are the benefits and the pros and cons of each of them and then decide which works for us and we probably might want to apply little bits of each of them at different times depending on what we have on socially what we have on with work how often we're able to get to the gym you know how we're how we're feeling you know what our energy levels are like what our sleep's like you know there are so many different factors that are going to play into how we should be sort of eating the you know the foods we like to eat and things like that if you're somebody who like for me uh, as much as I like labeling and things like that, I class myself as somebody who has a sweet tooth. You know, I, I, I like to eat chocolate, I like to eat ice cream, you know, I like a few beers and things at the weekend. So clean eating all the time probably isn't the route for me. And it, like, going down the route of cheat meals and why I don't like this probably isn't the route for me either because I could eat clean, if you like, all through the week, but then get to the weekend and I'd be like lining up, like, the, I'd be going down the shops and getting the big bags of, uh, Milky Bar buttons, you know the oh, the uh, lint dark chocolate with sea salt, things like that are amazing, and I you know I could bash through bars and bars and bars of that. Whereas um, if someone's like intuitive eating, if someone says I'll just have one bar of it, it's fine. The nutrients are there, and things like that. no way that's going to happen with me. I'd eat one block and then go back for another and another and another. So it's it's finding what works for you and taking the bits of each of them that you like that fit with your lifestyle and kind of that you know make you feel good that make you allow you to train regularly that allow you to eat a healthy diet and get the nutrients and things you like out of your out of your diet because like i've kind of said is like all this these dichotomies that get thrown out this arguing and this fighting over which is the best diet which one we should all be following and so trying to claim followers if you like for our for a 
kind of that approach, it just creates a vacuum in the middle that people get left in and going, well, I can't subscribe to that. That one doesn't work for me. I don't like it. You know, the, the, people end, end up bouncing around and then going, if people are confused, they do nothing. And that's where a lot of people kind of end up. They end up with this all or nothing mentality and they think if they can't commit everything to their diet, then they're not going to do anything. And that's why, you know, people start things like the new year with the best of intentions and they go, right, I'm going to all in and then go, oh, hang on a minute, I've got this on here and, oh, you know, I'm out that weekend and work's going to be really busy this week. And then they kind of fall off the wagon because they feel like they can't be in it all the time. When in truth, you know, for example, during lockdown, I probably went to an intermittent fasting kind of style of dieting because, or dieting, like eating, because I was sat working from home all the time. We couldn't go anywhere. So I'd get up in the morning with the baby and then I wouldn't feel massively hungry first thing. And then I'm working, you know, three foot away from the fridge. So it's very easy and very tempting to keep dipping in there and seeing what there is to eat. So while I'm not hungry, pushing my breakfast later to 10, 11, half 11, something like that, meant that it kind of shortened the amount of like my eating window, if you like. So I'd probably only eat between, say, 11 o'clock and 8, 9 o'clock in the evening instead of from like 7 in the morning to eight, nine in the evening. So therefore it condenses my meals. It brings them closer together and it means I can feel full most of the time. I can feel satisfied. I can feel like I can still eat foods that I enjoy, but I'm not going over on calories and I'm not kind of putting on a few extra pounds or whatever or feeling sluggish and lethargic. Same thing as if like, if you've got a busy week at work and you're not able to train as much, like your activity levels, your calorie expenditure is going to go down. So therefore, like you can go adopt a more of a lower carb week. So that doesn't mean that you need to have no carbs. It just means that on weeks when you're training a lot, you might be having some carbs with three meals a day. Whereas on a week when you're not training very often, you might only have carbs with one meal a day and you put extra veggies in there and make sure you've got enough protein with each meal so that you feel full, you feel satisfied after meals, but your calorie intake comes down. It's, you know, it's applying the different... I guess the different methods to you, to your situation at different times. It's kind of like, um, I liken it to like a football manager or you know any, any sports coach with their team and using different tactics at different times or for different games, depending on how the opposition lines up and things like that. You know, someone, you know, if you've got a team who like likes to play possession-based football or whatever. So I look at it when, you know, when City play a lot of the time for me, City like to play, with the, with the ball, like to the ball all the time. So teams will adopt a different tactic and sit back and try and absorb the pressure. It's the same thing with your diet. If, you, you know, if you've know you got a week where you're really busy with work, you might go, right, well, I'm going to go to a, a lower carb week this week. Or if you've got a week where you're, you know, you're off work and you're not doing as much, you might go, right, I want to relax my food a little bit in the evenings, but I don't want calories to go over. So I'm going to follow a bit of an intermittent fasting approach. I'm not going to have breakfast. I'm going to push it a little bit later in the day because I might be getting up later in the mornings or something like that. I just think it's something for people to be aware of. And that's why I want to get it out there in this podcast is that you don't have to subscribe to a certain diet methodology. You can, you know, your diet should be like a toolbox and you go in and pick the tool you need for the right time. So calorie counting, for example, is a tool. It shouldn't be something you need to do for the rest of your life, but it might be something you need to do for a while, like a tool, you pick it out, you pick out the toolbox and you use it so that it helps you understand kind of how much, calories are in certain foods or what certain portion sizes should look like for you and then 
after a while you go, right, well, I can either roughly eyeball it or I know that a small cup of pasta, a small cup of rice or pasta is one portion for me. And then you can just use that as your reference rather than having to weigh it out or count the calories and things like that. You know, the things, the different kind of methodologies are kind of, you know, they're there for you to pick and choose and decide which one is the best ones for you. And that's what I kind of like to do with with clients. You know, for me, you know, if we can take away these boundaries, if we can take away this all or nothing mentality, then not only can I help people improve their diet, improve their training, therefore improve their health and, you know, if that, if lose weight, improve their body shape, things like that that people want to do, but they're also in a better position to be able to maintain it. So, for example, um, someone I know at the minute is a client of mine. He's redoing his like just bought a house and they're renovating it. So he's literally spending all day at work, going home in the evening. He's pretty hands on with the stuff on the house. Um, so he's very very busy. So therefore, getting in the gym isn't like a massive priority for him right now. But his diet needs to be there to support him because you know he's got a lot on. He's gonna be you know, stress levels are going to be going through the roof at times. He's going to be active at times, like carrying stuff and, you know, knocking holes in walls and things at the at the house and everything. So he, you know, he can't, from a health perspective, he doesn't want to be going back to relying on ready meals or um, takeaways and things like that all the time. So it's taking a different approach and going, right, your diet, you know, has to change a little bit. Not, you know, it, it needs to, it needs to be something, it doesn't need to be another stress. It needs to be something that supports him, that helps him and gives him nutrients, gives him fuel, gives him energy to support everything he's got on with work and everything he's got on with the house and things at the minute. And I just feel if people took that longer term approach of going, right, how is my diet going to support me now and into the future? We probably, having these extremes and these false dichotomies, are probably not helping with that kind of um, that kind of thinking, if you like. So I'm going to leave it there because I'm probably starting to ramble a little bit. 20 minutes in, you've probably had enough of me and that's just my two pennies worth. Um, So as always, I would love to hear your thoughts on it. You can find me on uh, Instagram at Coach Rimmer and Facebook at Coach Rimmer as well. Uh, Or you can drop me an email at andy at coachrimmer.com. Also, if you want help with your diet and your training, you can get me on any of those... um, social media platforms or email as well just drop me a dm and let's have a chat and i'll you know we can talk about how online coaching can help you and as always if you found this useful if you find it helpful please 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 share it with your friends uh and wherever you get your podcast from leave us a five-star review and leave us a bit of a rating um give us a five-star rating and leave us a bit of a review if you've enjoyed it as well uh i'll be back next week and we should have a couple of guests on next week as well so you won't have to just put up with me so Until then, have a great week and I will see you then.